Warning, this podcast contains adult content, including frank descriptions of sex, and lots and lots of swear words. Enjoy. All the denied desire that had been present in their dance exploded the instant that their tongues played against each other. No longer did Kenneth feel the back and forth of the emotions asked and answered in their tanda. The yes, no, maybe had evaporated, and what remained was the lightning strike, the firestorm of their lips meeting for the first time. Hey, Claire. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't normally interrupt you. Right, but see, in the plaza, their dance had summoned the yeah, saint of see, the we have a twilight lust. We have a podcast to do. But the suffocating public restraint now behind them and their passion breathed deep in the heart and closed doors. <laughs> Great. Great. I want to talk about tangos. That's f- okay. Well, then we'll get into it. But first, <gasps> bum, 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 bum. this is FMK Lit. Hello, I'm Neil. and I'm Claire. And this is the podcast where we read two romance novels, one straight one and one queer one, and then we play fuck Mary kill with the characters. <gasps> yeah, and the books, and the books. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. If you've come here for reviews, uh, turn around. Uh, I mean, we'll give you a review, but we're also going to give you spoilers. So many spoilers. So many, many, many spoilers. All of the spoilers. Like, it's it's not even fair to call it spoilers. We just tell you everything. Yeah, we tell you the book. The book. The whole book. Yes. But, like, more explicitly than the back of the book does. Right. Because I've noticed these... It's like, these are the people. This is how they meet. This is how it ends up. Will they get together? We know they're going to get together. I right. have yet to see a book where nobody gets together. Well, no, these are all happily ever afters. That's what makes it a romance novel. H-E-A. Yeah. Have eat ass? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, so uh, of course they're going to get together. It's just, does the book sustain uh, the interest in how they do it? Not always, no. No, not always. Mm. Um but before we get into it, yes. Hey, Claire. Yes, Neil. Happy anniversary. Happy anniversary. Hey, Christine. Hey. Happy anniversary. Happy anniversary. This is our one-year anniversary episode. I love it. 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 As we're recording, we have birthday cake and mimosas. Uh huh. There is sprinkles. There is sparklers. <laughs> um so Claire Uh-huh what has got you hot and bothered on this day of days I want to talk about the future mm. And I know like Where's my goddamn flying car uh, You know I was I there's actually a book out there or a, a movie oh who the fuck knows <laughs> What do I talk about what do I say who say, who knows What I'm saying is uh I, I think there's a band called We Were Promised Hoverboards. Jetpacks. We were promised jetpacks. And I, I almost bought the album just because it was like, oh my God, I just love that title so much. But I have made a resolution to not just buy things spur of the moment, mm-hmm. random, without knowing what they are. Because I want to actually like all the things I own. Can I ask a really quick clarifying question? Yes. The thing you were mentioning is an album that actually exists? Yes. But you started... It's the name of a band. Okay, but you started with book and then movie 
and then realized it was actually a band. Yes. Okay. Neil, I just wanted to clarify. This is Claire Rice, who loves to talk about movies. It can never remember the names of actors or the name of the movie. And I will actually start a or story if it's like a this. Movie. Right, but I'll start like this. I'll say, "Oh my God, remember that one movie with um." Um. Oh. Uh. What? He was in Titanic. Like that's. But I'm not going to talk about Titanic. <laughs> I want to talk about this other movie. But of course, it's not Leonardo DiCaprio. You're no, like, no, 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 that other guy. He was in that one scene. He had that one line right. in Titanic. He was also in Guiding Light. That's like what. <laughs> <laughs> I will be able to tell you every other movie the actors I'm thinking of were in, except for the movie I'm thinking of, and not their names. Right. But then, when you need to think of one of those other movies later, that's the movie you'll forget. Exactly. You have a blind spot in your memory for the thing that you want to remember. Yes. Oh, that explains so much. I'm the worst at trivia. (laughs) Also, because I feel like I grew up um, telling stories and lies. Lies. I told lies. Lies. Um, I'm also like, I don't want people to think I'm not smart, so I will just say something. (gasps) And that's not actually how you should live your life. No. (laughs) But I say it with so much authority that people think it's true. (laughs) And I've gotten into so much trouble. But... See, sometimes I I feel bad about correcting you because I'm like, oh, Claire's smart. Oh, no, she's just making shit up. Right, but I'm trying really hard to not do that anymore. Okay. Like, that's actually, like, something I've been working on personally. Okay. And when I catch myself in it, I stop. I'm like, Claire, that's not the thing. But anyway, uh, this is all leading to New Year's resolutions. Mm. And trying to, like... W- you know, like, what do you want the new year to be? And as we're, like, heading into our second year of doing this podcast, like, so my new year's resolution is to buy things that I actually like and want to have forever. Mm-hmm. Like, is this something that's important to me? But that's just a personal new year's resolution. But what I wanted to know is, like, what are resolutions for this podcast for the year? All what right. do we What do we want this next year to look like? yeah. Um, I personally want to find more books to read that are more inclusive of LGBTQ. Um, like, I want to find, um, I want to read a book with a character who's, at least one book with a character who's non-binary, and I want to read a book... Maybe where somebody's asexual. It's like, and I've been trying to find them. They just, I I found a promising list recently, but some of them are really short. So then it's like finding the equivalent straight book that's like sixty five pages about a theme of those things. So I just want to like us to be more inclusive of the queer experience. Yeah, personally, and yeah, again, like we've been trying. It's hard to find things sometimes. So listeners, if you're like, oh my god, I read this really great poly romance novel, let us know. Or any of it. Just let me know. Yeah, I think for me... um, Under 300 pages, please. (laughs) 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 Um, I'm actually going to be less worried about the theme going forward. Mm -hmm. Like, I think I might pick books... And we'll read them, and maybe we'll know what the theme is later. But I know I do that, but only because I agree with you about inclusivity. Mm-hmm. I think sometimes um, we're hampered by the themes 
if only because there'll be books I see, like, I want to read that. Yeah. But then it's, like, the struggle to find the other book. I usually pick the queer book first. No, I do, too. Because it's so much easier to find a strip. And, then, well, like, I'll pick a book that's like, okay, I want to have a book with a non-binary character. Google search romance novels with non-binary characters and then, like, find lists from websites that I'm like, you probably know what you're talking about. And then see, like, oh, this character's non-binary, but they, like, meet this barista and blah, blah, blah. Oh, baristas is a good theme. That's usually my approach. Yeah, no, and that's kind of the way I do it, too, but it can still be hard. Yeah. And because then I... And we've both talked about this before, how uh, the queer books we read, often some of them are very good. Yeah. And we've really liked them. Um, And while the the straight books are dumb, and dumb as fuck, and impossible to to read sometimes. Some of them are great. Some of them are great. A few of them have been great. Yeah. So, but I want to... I want to read more good books on both ends. Yeah. But I also want to have more fun, too. Yeah. Like, so, like, it's, like, two things. So, uh, yeah. So You just had a lot of fun picking mermaids, didn't you? And oh now you're God, like, so I'll just fun. pick the new books now. No. Well, <laughs> we'll see. Well, we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. <laughs> what about you? Um, What's got you hot and bothered? So, my hot and bothered, I was thinking we could, like, sort of take a look at the year uh-huh. that we've done so far. Like, our, our year, not the calendar year. Um, <laughs> so I was just curious. I thought it'd be fun. Uh, Claire, yes. of all the books that we have oh read this gosh. year, this past year, um, not including the ones we're talking about today, who do you most want to fuck? Who do you most want to kill? Who do you most want to marry? Also... Your favorite couple, and it doesn't need to be the main characters, and your favorite sex scene. Oh my god, that's so hard. Uh, I feel like I should have written down all the books we've read. No. Well, like, really prepped for this. Um, Okay, to tell you the truth, the book that sticks out the most, in my mind, just looking back very quickly, Mm -hmm. um, I think um, Strawberry Summer? Okay. Uh... The farm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You wanted to fuck her brother. I did. <laughs> but it Travis was the Yeah. Name? Okay. But honestly, like, I think as a whole, I really like that book. It was, it I, was a nice book. I like their relationship. Mm-hmm. I like how they got together. Um, there was just a lot in it. I really enjoyed reading that book. Mm-hmm. And it was the kind of book I like to read that's a romance book where, you know, and it's, it's so kind of straight lady American because it's like girl from the big city goes to a small town and has to sort of you know restart her life but I really liked it and mm-hmm. I just, like on the whole and I liked the main character yeah she made some really dumb choices and I think yeah. we talk about that a lot mm-hmm. but honestly like the more I think about her the more I really kind of gravitated towards that mm-hmm. um, what was her name I don't remember Maggie she, she had like three names yeah. and we hated all of them. But yeah. I'm also going to say, I think, um, as far as like, so that was a, I like the book. As far as my favorite couples, it's from the doctors. Oh, yeah. I thought they That's made a, good one. a great couple. Uh, they got to know each other. They really changed a lot. They learned a lot about mm-hmm, each other. Mm-hmm. They could have become spies together and that didn't work out. <laughs> That's fine. <laughs> 
Um, but I thought they were super hot. And for I know you had the I, bath I scene. had narrative troubles. Right. But but they were great I did, together. I didn't have couple problems they with the They were a really good team. Yeah, I thought so. Yeah. I thought they were great. Um, hottest sex scene. Mm, oh, I don't know. I'll have to really think about that. I mean, and it depends on, like, kind of what you think of as hot. It doesn't need to be the hottest. Just your favorite. Yeah, I know. I, I'm like, I'm not even coming up with one. Okay. Oh, that makes me feel like a terrible romance podcaster. I don't know. I mean, okay. to tell you the truth, like, I feel like I just, I just haven't found one, honestly, in this okay. year of reading books yet that I feel like I could say is my favorite. I, oh, it's just not on the list. Like, Ouch. like a bunch of these were super hot, and mm-hmm. a bunch of these were very interesting, and I liked them. I mean, I could say in some ways the dinosaurs one was one of my favorite. <laughs> oh, which one? Oh, oh, raptors, raptors, space raptor butt invasion, space raptors butt invasion, or quite possibly the diner, which we didn't even really like. Oh my god! But we have both read since, right? so ridiculous so a man has sex with a diner listeners like the building a man has sex with a building yeah and it has like, a face on the roof and a penis in the basement and like just the image of this man running up and down the yeah. stairs have the short story is him just running up and down to the roof in the basement and it's so dumb <laughs> and that might be my favorite i don't know and everyone is okay with the fact that it's a sentient building yeah um uh firemen uh, where it was the two guys. Uh-huh. That one was pretty hot, um, but also very it's loving. Blowjobs. Yeah, it's the blowjobs, but also it was very loving. It was. It was. It was nice. Yeah. Um, and then I think. See, this is my problem. Like I'm liking all, uh, hooray for all the queer books. But I mean, honestly, like most of those sex scenes were way more touching and honest mm-hmm. in a lot of ways. Uh, the football one too. Same. Like. I, oh yeah. I really like uh and the superheroes one too. Mm-hmm. Like I really liked how honest those were about sex yeah. and about their feelings for each other and about how hot they were for each other. All of these things. Anyway, that's me. Now okay. you. Um I I think I also most want to fuck the brother from Strawberry Summer. Uh, tra- I think his name was Travis. Yeah, he dies though. Like I feel I like I know, but he was so we... good that his exes made him pie <laughs> after they broke up. So I feel like I want I want to fuck him. Yeah. Um, I want to marry Lady Evangeline Youngblood from My Lady's Choosing. She's the best, and I love her. Uh, I most want to kill Rourke. <laughs> I still have moments it'll just flash into my mind what a terrible garbage monster he is uh, my favorite couple is Patrick West's parents from the queer superhero one Superintissima and I forget the dad's name they were just so cute they were so cute and when the dad came out all oiled up to be one of the serpent sluts or whatever yeah, yeah, he's yeah, like this yeah, is ridiculous was, just like, kind of amazing. no you're always my head serpent slut or whatever <laughs> they were so cute together um, and I think my favorite sex scene is from Captured when they were on top of the waterfall 
Oh, yeah, that it, was... It, it, the, the writing of it didn't necessarily jump out at me. There are there are other scenes that like reading it, I'm just like ooh ooh, but just sort of the whole it was so romance situation. It, it was, was so romancy, very and, like, on an island on top of a waterfall, like it's yeah. so magical, and in, in it in a way that made sense. Like if any other book tried to pull that shit, I'd be like nah. <laughs> but in that book, it made sense, and I really enjoyed it. Yeah, and uh, I think couples like I kind of did like our main romance couple from Slouch Witch too. Oh, yeah. Like, I thought they were going to be a lot of fun. They didn't have sex in that book. At the very end, they did. At the very end, they yeah. did. Yes, you are correct. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, like, that, it wasn't a sex-centered book. No. Uh, but I really did like them as a couple. Yeah, and they actually, unlike a lot of these books, they actually got to know each other before they started having feelings for each other. Yeah. I think still out of everybody, I'd be perfectly happy to kill um, everybody in um, uh, the ghost romance book. <laughs> the, the queer one? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'd double kill them. It's fine. <laughs> the girl. Ugh. Gwenna O'Dell. And, yeah. <laughs> anyway. Anyway. Shall we get on? Yes. Now that we've celebrated... A whole year. A whole year. If if someone told me a year and a half ago that this was going to be my life, I wouldn't have believed them. <laughs> but here we are with birthday cake and champagne and a sleepy kitty talking about sex books. Woo-hoo! Something that I... <laughs> so I... Um, when I'm reading for pleasure, I usually read physical books. And then for these, I read on my tablet. So if I'm in the dining room eating and reading on my tablet... My roommate will come in and be like, are you reading one of your fuck books? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Kyle. Okay. Anyway. Who's very excited about mermaids. I know. (laughs) I was excited about mermaids. I know it. Okay. So I picked the books. Yes. And as a one year anniversary present to all of us, I picked Spies. Yay! Because we have been promised spies so many times, and they never. Uh, uh, either they are spies, but they don't actually spy, or they could be spies, and then they end up not being spies, and it makes me so upset. So I picked spy books. I picked An Extraordinary Union, The Loyal League, Book One, by Alyssa Cole, and Skin in the Game by Melissa Price. And I feel like Skin in the Game is the first book we've come to in a long time that doesn't have a subtitle or is part of a series. <laughs> it's literally just Skin in the Game. There's no parentheses, there's no colon, nothing. Anyway, yep. those are the books we're reading this time. Let's get into it. An Extraordinary Union, The Loyal League, Book One, by Alyssa Cole. As the Civil War rages between the states, a courageous pair of spies plunge fearlessly into the maelstrom of ignorance, deceit, and danger, combining their unique skills to alter the course of history and break the chains of the past. L. Burns is a former slave with a passion for justice and an, and an eidetic? How do you sure. say? Yeah, yeah. An eidetic memory. I apologize. Uh, Trading in her life of freedom in Massachusetts, she returns to the identity and to the indignity of slavery in the South. 
to spy for the Union Army. Malcolm McCall is a detective in Pinkerton's Secret Service. Subterfuge is his calling, but he's facing the deadliest mission yet, risking his life to infiltrate the rebel enclave in Virginia. The two undercover agents who share a common cause and an undeniable attraction, Malcolm and Elle join forces when they discover a plot that could turn the tide of the war in the Confederacy's favor. Caught in the tightening web of wartime intrigue and fighting a fiery and forbidden love, Malcolm and Elle must make their boldest move to preserve the Union at any cost, even if it means losing each other. And that's what the book says it's Mm -hmm. about. Neil. Yeah. What is the book? Tell me about this book. Those things. Yeah, those things. There's intrigue. (gasps) There are are schemes. (gasps) They, like, have um, aliases, disguises, ciphers, code words. It's it's real spy shit. Oh my god! I am so excited. I remember like when you started reading this book and you came up to me you're like, "It's real! It's real! They're real spies! It's real good! It's real good! There's real spies!" It's really happening. <laughs> okay, so our main character is L or Ellen Burns, who has a photographic memory, which makes her a perfect spy. Yeah, she can remember everything, um, and she is a black lady living in. Civil War America, so whew, her she was born into slavery. Yes. Um, but at a relatively young age, her family fled north. Yeah. Um, so she's been recruited, and we definitely get the sense that everyone's like, this is a terrible idea, but then they're like, oh, she can remember everything. Guess she's a spy now, and they send her into the south to pose as a slave. And it is such a good idea because she... Okay, okay, anyway, okay. So it starts in 1861 in Baltimore. And a group of Union soldiers are coming through. And there are, like, quote, rebels in Baltimore who are trying to say that they want to secede. Whatever. Um, And Elle just literally has to find a certain guy and give him... A cipher or a code or something like some bit of information because that regiment is heading back up to Washington, so he's going to be able to pass it on. So she goes. She, it's the only black guy that's marching with them. So she's like, "Oh, I bet it's him." <laughs> so she goes up, tells him the information that he needs to know, and then he gets like hit in the head with a rock or something. Like the the. Secessionists are throwing things at the soldiers, and I think he gets wounded, and he, like, falls. And she's like, oh, what do I do? So she decides to, like, book it out of there to, like, get in touch with someone to figure out what to do. Some dock worker stops her, calls her a whore. He's like, why are we talking to that guy? Is it because you're a whore? She's like, leave me alone. What are you doing? He's like, you're a whore, aren't you? You're a prostitute, aren't you? And she's like, leave me alone, guys. She manages to get away, and then she gets hit in the throat with a brick. Yep. And then uh, passes out, which is obviously what's going to happen. She wakes up in her convalescence and they're sort of like, okay, what are we going to do with you next? Blah, blah, blah. Cut to 1862. She's in Richmond, Virginia, posing as a slave for Senator Caffrey and his family. And she's mute. Yep. And it's written like, oh my god, she lost her voice from, like, 
the the brick in the throat. Yeah, because there's a huge scar on her throat too. Right. So like it's visible, and everybody thinks she's like at first it's written in such a way so that you think that she's just playing stupid. Mm-hmm. Um, in addition to not having a voice, yeah, so that everybody thinks she's lost simple, her voice. right? Um, and reading it, I was super sad because even in that first bit, that prologue, she was real sassy, and I'm yeah. like, if she doesn't talk for the rest of this book, I'm going to be really sad. Turns out she's playing mute. She, she, you know, she healed properly. She just has the scar, but they use it because they're like, oh, people don't think slaves are people, and. If she can't talk, then people are just going to say whatever the fuck they want in front of her. And she remembers everything. Like, it's the perfect place for her to be and the perfect cover for her to be under. Right. So that's great. Um, she is like... I I have never heard of this situation. She apparently belongs to someone... Like, quote, belongs to someone else and they're sort of like renting her out to the family. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because she doesn't live in the house with them. She lives in a boarding house in town. So she, like, comes in and out every day. Um, And she's basically the personal servant slave to the senator's daughter, Susie. And this is during the northern blockade. So a lot of people in the south are starving, can't afford anything, definitely can't get their hands on, like, finer things in life. Meanwhile, the Caffreys are holding a party every other day. Mm-hmm. Susie's buying new dresses every day. So, like, she she's like, oh, everyone's struggling real bad. I'll take six more yards of lace, please. So, she's, she's terrible. She's awful. Yeah, no. And she's part of this society. I forget the name. It's like the... It's a women's society that just, like, tries to find people who f- yeah. may be not so much for the South. Right. To and find they pretty like much run them out of union town. Union slaves, b- basically. And she uses that to threaten people. Like, she goes to the... to the. It's like the Vigilance Committee? Yeah, something like that. Like, there's one point where she goes to the general goods store, and the guy's like, oh, she's she buys lace, because she's gonna, like, make a dress to donate to poor people. I don't know. Like, she's just completely out of touch with reality. And he's like, oh, this is how much it is. And she's basically like, that's so expensive. That seems like something a union sympathizer would do. My girls at the vigilance committee would hate to hear that. Blah, blah, blah. So she basically like extorts him into lowering the cost for her when it's so expensive for him because they're like, everything is coming out of the black market because of the blockade. Anyway, so all of this is set up. L is in... Um, the Caffrey's house. She's also incredibly well-read because when she was young, she was basically like a sideshow act where she would, they would give her everything to read and she would just like recite stuff. Basically, people would see money, would pay money to go see her and then be like, you know, well, they pay money. Yeah, they pay money to see a black girl who they, the assumption being that they're stupid and can't even read be able to just spout off all of Shakespeare's works. Right. And someone would just be like, this part of King Lear. And she would say it and right. all this dumb stuff. Anyway, um, so she is in the dining room or something setting up for some party. And this uh, Confederate soldier comes in, basically is like, I'm going to fuck you real good. And she's like, oh, shit. Because if he wanted to, there's nothing she could do about it really and then he's like oh 
she looks real scared. Maybe I shouldn't have said that. Sorry. Yeah, I, well, I mean, no. I mean, but, but what, he doesn't say that. I mean, what he, he says is like, he just kind of is just flirty with her. Right. Like, he's just, he's like, he's real, like, I mean, this is McCall, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah no, yeah. he's just flirty with her. And he's like, you're pretty. Right, like, but it was like. But, I mean, the thing is, like, she has to interpret everything as being the ultimate extreme because right, she has right, no power. Right. And it's he's. The n- two of them alone in a room. Right. And he approaches her. Like, he right. gets into her space and is flirting with her. Right. And uh, being a black woman in the South, it's just like, well, I hope this doesn't get super awful. Right. And he had never actually intended, he wasn't going to have sex with her. No, he wasn't no, no, going to no. rape her there. But, like, at all. But And he feels really bad for right. her interpreting it But that I way. say this to set up his character arc over this novel. Yes. Yeah. But um, I just, like, that's such, ex- so extreme. Like, he doesn't actually, like... Yeah, 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 yeah. He is unaware of how his actions are interpreted by a black woman. Right, because as, like, a person of privilege, he can he can be, like, super flirty like that with all women all the time. Mm-hmm. And with using innuendos and whatever. And he doesn't mm-hmm. realize how that's a, p- a part of his privilege. Right. To do so and how that so, could be so frightening to her. Right. So we find out his name is Malcolm McCall. Mm-hmm. So this is the first Scottish person who isn't named Angus that we've ever met. <laughs> I was excited about that. It's another very Scottish name, but sure. Malcolm. Um, who is a uh, Confederate soldier who's sort of like visiting the Caffreys on his way to do some other thing, blah, blah, blah. Um, and then later, later that evening, L. Uh, is approached by another slave named Timothy, who's part of her network of spies. And he's like, oh, you have to meet with this guy. He has information. Blah. And um, so she ends up going to the rendezvous point, and it turns out to be Malcolm. He's the Pinkerton spy. And it was set up in such a way that I thought that they might be, like, the whole book would be them sort of, like, working against each other, not knowing who the other one was. But right away, they're both like, okay, we're spies. We both happen to be in the same place at the same time. We're working on different things, but we can, like, join forces and, like, get this taken care of. Great. He's like, you know, I flirt my way. Like, charm yeah, and that's men and also women. the first time we realize she can actually talk. Right, because right, right. Because when she has to talk back at him, and we realize she can talk, and he realizes that, and also the first things that are out of her mouth are pretty much, why are you an asshole? Yeah. She <laughs> calls him on his shit right away. Yeah. All the time. And it's great. And the thing that's so great about this book, that is so different from every other book that we've read so far, where this is the situation where a woman calls a man out on his shit... He listens to her, realizes it, apologizes, and changes his behavior and attitudes. Yes, but what I also like Ugh. is it wasn't immediate. Like, he didn't immediately learn. Like, it, Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, like, he just, like, took it down a notch. He's like, oh, is this better? And she's like, no, that's still awful. And he's like, great, okay, is this better? And she's like, you have to ask? No. And, like, <laughs> every moment it was just, like, until he got down to... Oh, I get it. Yeah, yeah. And and it took the whole book. This was a 
actual character arc. I know. And he actually learned, like, okay, okay. And I know this is, like, uh, skipping ahead. Whatever. But, like, there's so many parts where he has the uh, moments moments of jealousy. Yeah. And, and like, she's like, you have no right to be jealous. Mm-hmm. We can't even, who knows if you and I can even be together. What is your fucking problem? And he's like... Right, 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 right. <laughs> what I found interesting is all of his moments of jealousy make sense. Yes. Because the thing that comes between them is he's white and she's black. And even in the North, like, it's not quite the thing to be done. Oh, like, it's not the quite, it's not the thing to be done anywhere in the world. Right, yet. right, right. So all the men that he becomes jealous of are black men because society would allow for them to be together. Right. And, like, this whole time, she's basically like... Okay, yeah, you want to get married. Let's say somebody does that. No matter what, no matter what happens, you could just decide to be done with me and everyone be okay with that. You can do anything you want to me and society will be okay with that. And I have no power to... Ah, it's so yeah. it's so good. And there's like, a scene where she's explaining this to him. She's mm-hmm. explaining the power dynamic, and it turns him on a little bit. Like yeah. not the power dynamic, but her explaining yes. things to him. And I wrote down the note like him getting woke turns him on. Yes, and I love it. No, I love it so much. So cool. Like okay, and ah. and like the jealousy scenes. You're correct. Make total sense. Like mm-hmm. there's this wonderful moment because there's a an. There's this other man named Ben who mm-hmm. uh, is a slave to... He's the engineer's slave. He's the engineer's slave. Yeah. And Ben is tall and super handsome. And Elle realizes that right away. And she has yeah. to have a conversation with him to try to get information out of him. Mm-hmm. And she's looking at him. She's like, okay, girl, you cannot be involved with Malcolm. Not okay. Look, here's mm-hmm. this black man you can totes be involved with. Mm-hmm. Get with this dude. And, and this- she looks at him and she's like, nope. Yeah, and, and Mary, the head house slave, is kind of trying to set them up. Right. Mary, oh, there's one part where um, basically we find out that Elle is a surrogate daughter for Mary after Mary's actual daughter was sold. And Mary has this bit that's like, oh, you, you remind me of her, blah, blah, blah. I wonder if my daughter group is pretty as you are, and I hope that she didn't. Yeah. Oh, like this, all the books that we have had, that we've read that address issues of like race and things. And like, um, The Wedding Date definitely was like, no, this is an issue, but it wasn't quite, it was more specific to their interactions. Whereas this book is definitely like, this is what it is like to be a black slave in this society. Like, it doesn't shy away from... I mean, it's not, like, that really terrible scene in Roots where he's getting whipped. Like, we don't see any whippings or anything. But it's more about, like, the what that... How that affects people's minds about every... Just, like, how they think about themselves in the world and the things that they have to worry about that white people didn't even have to think about. Right, but not only that, just, like, the mindset of... Like, I think Alyssa Cole did this really lovely job of... So somebody would be like, oh, I just have to get this job done and I want to do it really well. And this is from the mouth of a slave. Mm-hmm. And our main character, Elle, is like, gosh, how, well, where do you have to be in your mind mm-hmm. to want to do this job well mm-hmm. when you were owned? Right. And even she sees, sees herself slipping into it. 
Right. When she's trying not to do that. Like, she doesn't mm-hmm. want to do the job well. Right. She wants people to continue to believe she's simple. But because she's a human being and this is the task in front of her, she wants to do it correctly. Yeah. And... And like this, like how and, tortured she right. is in her and watching other people the same way. Right. Like Ben, Ben is a good example of that. Mm-hmm. Like he doesn't want to run away because yeah. he, because the man who is his charge mm-hmm. uh, has epilepsy. Right. And he wants to make sure that that guy, even though he's building a war machine to protect the South, he wants to make sure that guy doesn't die. Yeah, because... <laughs> because he's a human being! Yeah, and, and Ben argues that this this engineer treats him, his master, treats him well, right. considering. And it, it's just this weird, like, it explores the really weird thing of like, okay, you're in this really terrible situation, but your brain's still going to be like, okay, well... This is something that I like. I have so few things in my life to be proud of that I can still be proud of this. Or there are so few people in my life that show me kindness that even though the person who is showing me even the slightest bit of kindness says that he owns me, like I still want that and need that in my life. Right. Oh, this book like touches on all of it and it's great and it's wonderful. Yeah. And it does it in a very. Um, I and I want to say, like, we're talking about a lot of these topics, but it's it's also very adventurous. It is. It like, is. Just, we'll, we'll get into the, yeah, the yeah, spying yeah. bit, but also there's a point where we hear in Malcolm's head, he's like, "My life is so easy. I can walk into any like his his skill is that he can charm people, and he he's really good at knowing what people want to hear, so that he gets brought into their confidence." And, and that is a good skill for a spy to have. Um, but he realizes, like, as, a, as a, a white man, an attractive white man, I can just walk into anywhere, say three sentences, and people will hand me things. Yeah. This woman has to work five times harder to be taken seriously, and she's the better spy than I am. Yeah. He realizes that she's better at her job than he is. It's so, and he doesn't get jealous about it. He gets frustrated that her life is so hard because of the system that they live in. And I'm like, yeah, please, can't we just have that? Oh god, it was so good. Oh, so good. Okay, so the two of them are um, in Richmond, and they come to realize that the South has taken. decommissioned ironclad from the north which is a big type of warship and basically the south is working to fix it up so that they can break the blockade which would turn the tide of the war entirely so there are stakes Uh which is not always the case in these books that we've been reading um and there's like a clicking a ticking clock yeah they they have to get everything done in a certain amount of time Mm -hmm. um and so uh this engineer, I think his name was like Mr. Trix, Trix, Dixon. something. Dixon. 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 Sure. That's uh, fine. And Ben show up, and so then Malcolm and L are working in tandem about like, okay, how do we? So he's working with the the white people, and L's like sort of like pumping Ben for information. Um, and they basically realize like, oh, this guy, Mr. Dixon, is the one who's like fixing up the ship. He's in town on his way to go meet with someone to blah, blah, blah. So like, okay, we got to follow him. So Al dresses up as a, as a man, as, um, Earl. 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 I love that her name was Earl. So good. 
Um, and they pretend that Earl is Malcolm's slave, and they're just, like, riding out. And then, of course, somebody catches them and is like, what are you doing out here? And they're just like, oh, uh, we're lost. Can you blah, blah, blah? So they're trying to get to the Ironclad, but they, they can't get to it, figure out where it is, even to give that information to, to the North. Um... So they stop on the side of the road and she jerks him off. Yeah, 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 right in the field. Oh my god. And it was they've so already, like... But have was, they already had sex at this yes. point? Okay, so they've yeah, already, they'd already had sex. Point. And in part, she was like, this could be our last night together. And yeah. this is, could be our last moments together. Mm-hmm. We could both die. Mm-hmm. I could be sent to real slavery. Like, all kinds of things could yep. happen. I just want to have sexy times right now. Right. And, and he's he, like, I think we should... Oh, yeah, do it. He's <laughs> like, yeah, maybe we should be getting back. And she's like, not yet. I'm like... See a lady initiating sex. Also, I think this is the only time that we've had just a hand job. I think so too. Great. Um, so then on their way back, they and in fact, like I feel like this was one. It was a good hand job, but also, it was. Uh, yeah, I think this is the first time where it was just a hand job where the lady initiated it, mm-hmm. but also like it had emotional stakes. Yeah, like it wasn't just like, oh, here you are. Let me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and there's oh god, I wrote on down all these great quotes. So they had. They had hooked up at the back of the the back room at the store before. Oh, yeah, um, that was so hot because yeah, she was, was. going to kill him. It was like, he had, she had a gun, and she's like, you're going to do this and this, and he's like, no, what? And then they're just kissing. Yeah, 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 because that scene was great, too, because she she had information about soldier movements that she shared with him and sent to the North, and then those that group of soldiers got ambushed. So she's like, he's the only one who knew he's a, he's a traitor. She confronts him in the back of this grocery store, and... He's like, oh, this is your first time getting a bad batch of information, isn't it? And she's like, what are you talking about? And he's like, yeah, sometimes the information you get is bad, and you pass it on, and terrible stuff happens. So, like, he also teaches her. They teach each other things. Yeah. It's so great. Well, and as she's writing down information that's going to be sent away, he's, like, reading how, like, concise, but also how, like, full it is and how much. And she's Mm -hmm. like, they're not, Pinkerton isn't going to take her as seriously as he would take me, and that is awful right so they they bone or do something they hook up i mean he definitely gets her off back there and then in the fields she gets him off in the fields there's a point where he realizes when she's like initiating sex he's like oh every single time we've hooked up even though she's enjoyed it it's like because of our power dynamic as individuals just where we are in society every time we have fooled around I've taken some control away from her, and this is her asking for it back. Of course I'm going to give it to her. Of course I am. Because he becomes a great person. Yes. And they learn things from each other, and it's so good. Anyway, so they're on. she jerks him off in the field. Um, and he's like, are you? And she's like, no, I'm fine. So then they start heading back, and then they get ambushed by slavers. Basically, it's these, these poor men who will ambush people and steal their slaves to be sold. Uh, and there's nothing anyone can do about it. And I thought this scene was really great because this they were sort of talking to these men and they're like, there's nothing we can do. Like, we are, we are poor. I'm trying to feed my family. There is no food. There's no money. There's nothing to be had. And obviously what they're doing is despicable. But then it's like, oh, this is just more of an indication about where things stand and how far removed from that Susie and the other Caffreys are. Like, it, they're... There are three different Souths here. There's the rich people, the people in charge, 
there are the slaves, and then there are all the other white people who don't have land, who don't have money, who aren't able to, like, buy lace off the black market. They aren't even able to buy bread, right? So it's all these very interesting things. Um, the slavers are like, well, we're taking your slave. And Malcolm's like, no. And Elle has this moment where she's like, it's more important than my life or us being together is that he gets this information to the north. And she does like eye talk where she looks at him. And she's like, you, you just go, just go. And he's like, yeah, I should, I should. Bang, 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 kills them all. Except for one, they let one go. Um, she gets shot in the back of the head. And he's like, no! But the bullet had been stopped by hairpins because she had to pin her hair up, so she's fine. So he saved her life. I think that was the second time he saved her life. And this is important because when he takes her back to his hotel to get her cleaned up, and she's like, I'm sick of this like damsel in distress thing. Can I save your life next time? Yeah. And then she does. Yeah. She saves she, his life later. I think she also kills one of the slavers, too. Like she this, does. It's, it's the first time she's killed somebody. And it, like, haunts her, and it's really terrible. Right, but also, like, he turns that bullet into a necklace thing that he's wearing. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. The, the Oh, God, so good. Okay. I mean, and the things that they say to each other in those moments, like, because they both have to say out loud that they love each other. They both have to say out loud that they trust each other. And mm-hmm. her trust issues are actually earned. Right. So many times in these books, like, that trust issue is the thing that separates them from the love and they're just like I can't tell them that they love him because I've been hurt before but it's like no I can't tell him that I love him because he's a white dude and I really shouldn't love a white dude Right. and also it's like this whole society and it's problems and he could turn me in at any moment and I just I can't I have trust issues with white people and it's right. like fair girl fair. <laughs> and then on top of on top of all of that even as a child in the north where her family was free she was turned into this like sideshow act Mm -hmm. and so she's not used to people valuing her as a person or valuing her photographic memory as something other than something to gawk at and also beyond all that he's a spy yeah and she doesn't know and like his whole job is charming people that's what he's good Mm -hmm. at and she doesn't know when he's turning the Mm -hmm. charm on for her yeah or to charm her. Yep. And she sees it too. He like adjusts his accent when he's talking to different people. And so the, yes, it's all like, oh, what do we do? And then it's like a slow thing through the whole book that is basically like him convincing her, no, I do actually have feelings for you. And she's like, okay, I have feelings for you. Wh- what can we do with that? There's nothing we can do with that. And he's like, We'll figure something out. And she's like, what? What are we going to... F-? And he's like, uh, We won't. That's bullshit. We won't. I don't know. So it's like, so well earned. And so, okay. So they know that the iron side... Yes. Ironclad. Ironclad is about to be finished or is being worked on. And they're like, we need to do something. Caffrey's having this big party and the engineer is going to be there and, and Ben. So they're like, okay, we need to figure out where... We need to figure out tonight where it is, what's going on, right? So there's this grand party, and um, the engineer is... We see him be nicer to black people than everyone else in the book. And there's a scene where he and the senator are walking around upstairs, and they catch Elle, who had walked in on Susie trying to seduce Malcolm. Uh-huh. Because he's like, oh, well, if I fuck her, or, like, try to seduce... Even though he's like, I can't stand her because she's a 
monster because he's seen her threaten people and there's a point too where she was like oh you're spurning my advances I guess I'll have to report that to the vigilance committee or whatever and he's like that kind of shit doesn't work on me and she sees that as flirting and there's a point too where he's like she's just like this bottomless pit needing approval or love or something and no matter how much anyone gives her it's never going to be enough and he feels really bad for her but then yeah, he also but there's also her. a good point where like she totally fakes him out and he's like ah oh, she would have made such a good spy if she wasn't so selfish yeah <laughs> Ah, oh, so good. Anyway, so he's trying to, like, work her over. She brings him into a room and it's like, we're fucking now. And he's like, no, but... Uh. And she's like, no, we're fucking now. Also, Rufus, her friend, like, her childhood friend who's in love with her, but she doesn't want anything to do with him and he's kind of weird. And anyway, he comes up later. Um, so Elle walks in on Susie trying to fuck Malcolm. So then she runs out into the hall and she's like... If he has to do this for his job to get this information, I'm just going to deal with it later. I'm going to take a moment to myself to compose myself, and then I'll deal with it later. I'm like, yep, yeah, that's a good idea. The engineer and the senator come upon her crying, and they're like, "You go- okay, fine, whatever. Oh, we're just going to go into this room. Oh, we want brandy. Oh, hey, can you serve us brandy? And... The senator's like, should she be in the room right now? And the engineer's like, nah, it's fine. It's fine. So she serves Brandy and goes and, like, stands No, no, the it's corner. the other way around. The engineer actually does take her a little seriously because he's the one who's like, oh, oh yeah, this, yeah, yeah. this little slave girl is crying. And Catherine's like, yeah, she cries all the time, even though she never actually did. And yeah, Whatever. Because he doesn't know things. And the engineer's like, no, this is, we shouldn't. And he's like, do you, oh, that's right. he and then he says, some. he says, do you need some brandy? It might help. And he's like, why don't you just, we're going to go get some. Why don't you just come to the room? And the senator's like, uh, no, she probably shouldn't. And he's like, and then he says like, it's Who's fine. Who's she going to tell? Who's she going to tell? And the and senator's then, like, you are correct. You're right. You're right. So tell me about this ironclad. And the engineer's like, here are all the specifics <laughs> of the ironclad. And then the, the, the narration is like, and Elle stood in the corner trying to hide her smile <laughs> because she's going to remember everything. Yeah. And she's just like oh, clapping so her hands. So she figures it out. She's like, great. And then Mary, the head house slave, confesses to um, Elle, her husband is working on restoring the ironclad, and he's going to steal it, and they're going to run... Oh, it's not the ironclad. That's a different ship. No, it is. No, it's not. Isn't it? It's not. Oh, I thought it was. It wasn't the ironclad. He's just running it. He's running a military ship. It is a military ship, but it's a different one. They're still working on the ironclad. I'm positive. I think it was the ironclad. No, 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 because the the man that who's the husband, Robert, Uh is based on Robert Smalls. Mm Mm-hmm. And that's all a real story. That thing that happened mm-hmm. where he gets a, his family and a bunch of his crew's family up on and then takes them to the north mm-hmm. all actually happened. Right. It's not the ironclad. I sure? promise you it's not the ironclad. I'm pretty sure. It's not the ironclad. Like, it's for sure not the ironclad. They also still say in the book, like, even the engineers working on it, it's still a couple of months out from being ready. Right. 
It's not the ironclad. I think it it's is. It's not. It's I not the it iron. Is. It's not because even if they because Robert regularly runs that ship that he's run, working on. Like that's a no, regular ship. It's not that ship. He runs a different ship. It's not the ironclad though. I think he's it not, is. It's not because the ironclad. even if it's not finished, taking it away from the south and giving it back to the north is still advantageous. I don't think it's the ironclad. In any case, <laughs> he's gonna steal a ship, a, like a military ship. Take his crew and their family. He's going to stop off and pick up Mary and another one of the slaves, and they're going to run to the north. Yes. And Elle's like, great. This all works out perfectly. That's exactly how we can leave. Meanwhile, Susie's trying to fuck Malcolm. He says no. She cries rape. Mm -hmm. And then she's like, he said he was a Union soldier and he was going to enjoy defiling a Southern gentleman's daughter. Severin's like, you son of a bitch. Rufus is like hard to kill him. Um, So they chain him up in a dungeon. Yep. And Rufus is apparently part of like the boy version of the vigilance committee that's like kind of like they go around killing people. Yeah, it's the early KKK. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um... So then Elle figures this out, and she's like, okay, what do we do? Um, Okay, Mary and the other slave, get ready to leave. And then she sets the house on fire. Yes. She runs downstairs, frees Malcolm, saves his life. Woo-woo. So he's two, she's one. Um, And then they're like, okay, go. And then they bundle into a, they steal a carriage, and then they just, like, run away to the rendezvous point. And they make it. And they're climbing onto the boat. The boat shows up. They're climbing onto the boat. They're like, everything's great. Woo! That slaver that they let live shows up. Um, somebody kills him, right? Oh, uh... The guy who's on the boat kill him. No, so... No, because it's the guy on the boat comes out. Well, what had happened... Because he... This is even before they're able to get onto the boat. The slaver stops them from being able to do so. And Malcolm is able to talk their way out oh, of it. Oh, that's right. That's right. And then... And then... Um, oh, that's right. He's like, oh, if you let me go, I'll, I'm, I'm rich. I'll send you a bunch of money. Which right. Isn't and that's true. when the people they were running away from catch up. Right. And they're the ones who are shooting at him. Right. But he gets shot by the guy on the boat. Because they climb up onto the boat, and somebody comes up, and she's and he's still in his uniform. So everyone's like, he's, no, it's he's fine. He's a white guy fine, in his grace. You were right. They're like, it's fine, it's fine, it's fine. And some guy comes out and's like, ah! And shoots Malcolm, and he falls off the boat. And at this moment, I was like, oh, so they're going to be two for two of saving each other. Everything's going to be fine. But I was like, no, what do I do? And then Robert... Yeah. It's like, we we can't. We're already gone. Like, he's already gone. And then he, like, got caught on the anchor or something and was getting dragged behind the boat. This is the only thing about this book that I didn't like. <laughs> is that he, he was saved by a deus ex machina, essentially. Yeah. Just, like, he happened to get caught on part of the boat. So he was, like, dragged along with them so they were able to rescue him and he turned out to be fine. Well, because uh, uh, Robert had tied them to the dock... Uh, so, you know, while they were, he was waiting for his wife and mm-hmm. whoever she was bringing. And then uh, they were waiting and waiting and waiting. And finally, they, the, the party shows up, um, but they're being shot at. So Robert had to just, like, Go. move the boat. Yeah, and they yeah, yeah. ripped off part of the... Um, part of the dock, which is in the the, the book, you're watching that happen, and yeah. he's like going and ripping it off. So you know those things are trailing behind, right? So it's not quite Deus Ex because it's set up previous. It's set up previous, but just like the chances of that, of him getting caught on it in such a way that he survives I, the whole ordeal. I didn't, 
I didn't feel like it was too... Like, I mean, I get it. it. also set up, like, there's one point where he's like, okay, I've saved your life twice. And she's like, I'm sick of this. I'm saving you next time. And she does. And to me, it's set up like, he's going to save her twice. She's going to save him twice. They're, they're equals. Everything's going to be great. And then at the end, it's just like, oh, because the boat thing saved him, I guess. I guess. But I think they hinted at that at the very end where she's like, I still owe you. Uh, we're still two for one. And yeah, like, sure. That's fine. But, but that's like, like going into the future. Like right. that we have future adventures ahead of us. Right. And we know that there's another book. But that just one bit, it's like, oh, he happened to get caught on the thing. And it I irked can, me. I can see that. But it, I didn't have a problem with it. Okay. Just like compared to the rest of... The, the re- the, in the rest of the book, these two main characters had, especially Elle, had such agency and, like, were driving things. And, like, it just felt... I guess that I, part I, I, I was perfectly happy with something being utterly out of her control. Like, that it was... She, that she'd finally come to the conclusion that she could have happiness, mm-hmm. which she didn't believe the whole time. Right. And then just as she thinks that everything maybe will be fine and it's sort of ripped away from her, like that's kind of an, that's kind of a cohesive moment where she gets the opportunity to have the, I, I could, this is a life I could have had mm-hmm. and I want that. Like mm-hmm. I actually, actually want it. And it's out of her control mm-hmm. because the whole time, uh, I think she, she like that was one of her struggles in the book that she does believe everything is in her control mm-hmm. uh, from the messages she sends and how upset she is when like all of those guys die that everything is in her control and she's always going to manage to get out of it and then here's a moment mm-hmm. where that doesn't work out for her and I agree with that I just wish that it to me it didn't feel as well like there, the payoff just wasn't the same for me okay yeah I can see that. Like, like if he had been shot and, like, ended up getting pulled on onto the shore and arrested, and, like, she ended up springing him out of jail or something, I don't know. That would have felt a lot more... Okay. I can see that. He ends up being fine. There's still the, like... Will they? Will the blockade believe who we are? Will they think that the South is attacking kind of thing? So they're like, eh. They're able to get through the blockade the blockade believes them and then they like bring medics on board to like patch him up and then um he's like robert marry us and he's like why it's like just because i want to Uh, so they get married even though nobody's going to recognize it but because robert's like the acting captain of a ship he can marry them and it's a symbolic gesture and they're both happy and blah 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 that's the end and then there's another one well, then they go to um, they go to his family's house. He's, That's right. Uh, she's oh, actually God. way more accepted than she than they worried about. It was weird at first, but it's fine. And then they get a missive from his brother who's trapped somewhere, mm-hmm. and that's where his the gay se- brother, by the way. That's but I think that's where the second book's going to pick up. Great. He's gay. There's a point. Okay, because Malcolm has okay, okay, back in Scotland. There was the group of people that supported English rule and they came into the town right. and like raped his mom and that's how his daughter was born. And his dad didn't handle it well at all. And Malcolm kept thinking it was jealousy. He's like, this is a, a this is what happens when men's love is tainted by jealousy. Like his dad was jealous of the men who raped his mom, which I I was like, no, it's 
very obviously him being angry at himself for not being able to protect his wife right. and lashing out at her and being like, oh, you probably enjoyed it, didn't you? Because if she did, then he won't have to feel guilty kind right. of thing. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. Malcolm thought it was jealousy. It was super weird. Anyway. But so he gets over it. So he's convinced that the men in his family, quote, love too much kind of thing. Anyway, there's a point where he talks about his brother seems to be immune to the charms of women and is more interested in his classical philosophers. Okay. Like ancient Greece. Yeah. So I think he's gay. Uh, okay. I hope so. I that would be great. I don't think he is. All right. I think uh, that's where the next book picks up and it's him and another girl. Oh, yeah, I think that because that's how these romance books work. You follow like siblings and things. Oh, that's boring. <laughs> and he's just going to meet up with another book smart lady. <sighs> like that's kind of what I think is going to happen. Uh, Alyssa Cole, if you're listening, just rewrite it so it's gay. Thank you. <laughs> but I could be wrong. I could be wrong. Yeah, I haven't read it, but anyway. But so that was so that that's book. The book. Skin in the Game by Melissa Price. There's a cat on my foot. It makes me laugh. Sorry. When the anonymous rock star Steel Eyes was shot on stage, the world assumed she was dead. But Kenna Waverly, the real woman and super spy behind the Steel Eyes persona, is alive and well, living off the radar in Jamaica. Now Kenna's forced back into the spy game when a foreign hack sabotages America's cybersecurity. She must infiltrate a foreign embassy to retrieve the source code before the identities of American agents worldwide are compromised. Along the way, Kenna finds herself partnered with Alice, the woman with whom she shares an erotic past. Then in the midst of her mission, Kenna finally learns the truth about the assassination of her very own parents. The stakes are high, and the only way Kenna and Alice can survive the operation is to put their lives on the line and their skin in the game. <laughs> so that's what it says. Yes. Claire. <laughs> What's the book actually about? Oh my god! <laughs> okay. Um. <laughs> the listeners, she did big hand gestures, realized that her notes weren't in there. It was like, okay, and like just went back to her computer to look at notes. Uh, it's, uh, okay. Um, uh, I'm did so you upset not like this book? about this book. Okay. Uh, you know, one, at times it was impenetrable. Like, yeah. The narratives wanted so much of me, and I didn't want to give that much. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't... Okay, so it wasn't... The best part about Alyssa Cole's book is that it gave you this plot and narrative, and it felt, as you were reading it, so simple. Mm-hmm. And you just fell into it, when it was actually very complex. You just wrote it in such a way that you were you, you understood what was happening, right, you understood right. the world around you. They need to figure out the ironclad and right. what to do with that. Right. Yeah. This book, I am... So angry. Oh. <laughs> okay. So let's. Uh, okay. So there's flames on the side of my face. So. <laughs> I. Okay. Ugh. There's Kenna. Kenna is a super spy. She doesn't work for any particular government. She's more like a contractor. Mm-hmm. And she's a contractor through a family operation, out of which Israel. is out of Israel. And who she does feel beholden to. Mm -hmm. Like, she does feel like she has to protect Israel. So, and she works for 
uh, it's kind they're all Canadians and it sounds like they're French Canadian yeah um, and her but they're French Canadian Jewish it sounds like yeah 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 and at, her family, uh, her mother and father, were also part of this spy conglomerate. Um, and then they were assassinated. Mm-hmm. And she was sort of just adopted by the conglomerate. Mm-hmm. And at one point in her life, young life, she freaked the fuck out and decided to go into music. And be a rock star. And so she was a rock star for a little bit. But because she needed to protect her spy persona... She covered her face much in the way that, um, oh, that singer uh, Sia. Sia does. Mm-hmm. So she covers her face for the most part. What I find really interesting, I'm fairly certain that it was a mask that still showed her eyes. Because we don't No, it find... didn't cover her. It did cover her eyes. That was the point. Did it? it, it... Because we don't find out until the end of the book that she has gray eyes. Yeah. Which is, you'd think why she would be called steel eyes. Right, but no, she'd covered her um... eyes because remember, she at one point in the book, she puts on a surgical mask. Mm-hmm. And she looks into the mirror. She's like, well, this would have, like, she, this would have been the stupidest thing if I ever wanted to hide my identity because my eyes are so... Everybody knows me by my eyes. So, of course, when I was a singer, I covered my eyes. Like, she has that bit in the book. And I was like, great. Backstory, 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 backstory. It is... And then, then, uh, as a singer, one of her super stocky fans tries to assassinate her. Mm -hmm. And she uses that as an opportunity to just drop that persona entirely. That persona is killed off, literally, and now she's gone to Jamaica to hide out and feel sorry for herself for a couple years. Yeah. Which she does. So, something to like and enjoy about this book. It is about a woman in her late 30s. Yeah. <laughs> who's lived a long life mm-hmm. where she's had lots and lots of adventures and she's sort of being called back into it. And she's very James Bond in a lot of ways and that yeah. she's uber fucking sexy Mm -hmm. the whole first scene is just this sensual like everything about her is about sensuality Mm -hmm. up to a point and then this book pisses me off like also every single woman wants to fuck her every woman she interacts with wants to fuck her which is fine yeah it's very james up until half the book yeah yeah yeah. because here's what happens so for half the book like everything about her is literally about sensuality Mm -hmm. like the way the water like touches her the way she eats things the the way she just walks through the world like she like at one point she's on a spy mission and she sees a woman across a a crowded plaza and there's music playing and they just lock eyes and they're like oh we're fucking tangoing right now and it's going to be a stand-in for the kind of fucking sex we could have and it's super hot and then she goes right and then she goes to the bar where she's supposed to meet her contact and it turns out it's that lady and they're like so we're gonna go home and fuck now that lady's like yes but first let's do whatever spy stuff we have to do and she's like got it they do spy stuff and then they fucking fucking fuck and it's super sexy Mm -hmm. and then (sighs) (laughs) can i interject real fast i also liked the first i think third of this book because it's like every chapter was in a different city like some of the chapters were following kenna from jamaica to curacao to i think she ended up in brazil and then they were also following um elana meeting with the fbi doing this and this and there was also following sierra going from new orleans up to montana right and there's like the municipal water system in 
uh, New Orleans fails, and we find out right away that's sort of, like, tied into everything. And it's just, like, it moves real fast, and that, to me, it felt sort of like the first... 20 minutes of a James Bond movie right. where well, it's like, like in five different countries all over the world and like these are all the different pieces these are all the different players it did Here feel it like is. a for realsy spy book instead yeah. of a romance novel there were gadgets and I did have to sort of like switch my head around that because in a romance novel you're just so used to the only two people you're going to follow are the main character and the love interest mm-hmm. and so I had to like kind of stop myself and for, you know, like forgive the book for going to all these different Uh, point of views Mm -hmm. because that's not what this book wanted to do but here's a big problem with this book the very first chapter is uh it goes to a climax point near the end of the book where it shows you the whole thing all over again it right but it shows and i'm not as bothered by that it just shows you like this super like uh, you know the, this dangerous part where they have to do mm-hmm. this dangerous thing so you you know the whole time like the big question is like how do these people all get in the same room and they end up on a stripper pole and beating the shit out of this Russian guy how do they get there but honestly the whole time I'm like I don't fucking care now I actually just want to know how we get there I kind of wish you just started with her in the ocean right or even with um, Ivan is that his name yeah Ivan showing up in New York. Yeah, at least, I mean, and honestly, there were so many people I had to follow, and I was getting them confused. I'm like, who's a Sierra person, and why do I have to care? Who's Elena? And then they were all spies, so they all had uh, secondary names, Mm -hmm. and sometimes they called each other by secondary names. Sometimes they called each other by their code secondary names. Sometimes they called each other by the fun nicknames they'd made up for each other. Right. I thought, okay, so because Kenna is also Pascal, uh-huh. is also Wonder Woman. Right. Ilana is also Alice. Uh-huh. And there's one point where the two of them end up in bed together. Oh, Kenna is also Wave. Yeah. But I think just... And her, Steel Eyes. And Steel Eyes. But I this think, is too many! But I think just her brother calls her Wave. Anyway. I don't care. It's anyway, too many. But there is a scene towards the end where it's the two of them and they're like... Between us, there are five people in this bed. And they have to, like... It addresses, like, we have all these person... Like, all these different personae, and we have to sort of, like, work with that. And it could... I feel it could have been developed better, but the fact that it's sort of, like... This is something that will be complicated about our relationship. Right. I appreciated that. Yeah. No, and And I... And it was addressed in a way that I thought was a lot of fun. It's like... Well, between all of our identities, we're basically having an orgy right now. Yeah. And I think it could have been better developed because when Kenna and Ilana first met, Kenna was hiding out in L.A. for some reason. Oh, she was getting over a breakup as Pascal, and Ilana was undercover as Alice as a stripper trying to bust... The sex trafficking ring. Yes. That Vladimir, Vladimir was yes. doing. Um, and so when they they met and only knew each other as Alice and Pascal, and they 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 didn't have sex. No. They didn't even kiss. No. Which I thought was really weird. It kept it making you think that they had because it's like oh well those steamy nights in the VIP room where anything goes but they didn't actually do anything they didn't actually they did all the things you're supposed to just do in a VIP room which is super close touching but not actual touching right what I think would have been interesting is if they had had sex in the VIP room and then when they have sex again it's like oh 
Alice did this, but Ilana does this. Because because Ilana, as Alice talks about, like, oh, being a stripper, you're being somebody's fantasy. So I think it could have been interesting to explore, like, yeah. us having sex as these two people and us having sex as these two different people is different. And these are the ways that it's different. Yeah. I think that would have been really interesting if that had been explored. Yeah, I also agree that that would have been interesting. But I think there's an unfortunate part of midway through the book where the author stopped writing the book they were writing and started writing a different book. Because mm. um, mm-hmm. the author dropped a lot of thread character threads, like, character-wise, and, like, there was... I, it just... So... Okay. Here's the here's the spy stuff that's happening. Okay. So China has stolen a list of names that is all like FBI, CIA, and undercover operations. And so everybody's been more or less outed, and they have to try to find this thing before it gets off into the black market. China doesn't actually want to disrupt economic flow in the United States because China has, you know, because China and the United States are inextricably linked. Mm-hmm. They just want to fuck with the United States. Meanwhile, the Russians get a hold of the same information, but this information also has, you know, all of the bank records and, and lots of other infrastructure things. And mm-hmm. Russia does want to fuck with the United States. And so it's sort of this war between the three powers for this particular bit of information. So... What the United States Secret Services have to do is contact a lot of their contractors Mm -hmm. and bring on people who wouldn't be on that list. So, which is Kenna, and which is also this other woman she had, you know, didn't know was a spy at the time who Mm -hmm. had been in the, um, who was trying to disrupt that sex ring in LA. And then a third woman who is just sort of a contractor who's a black hat, no, who's a white hat uh, hacker. Yeah, she was undercover who was, with Ilana. Yeah, who was also a stripper. In, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and actually that's how I think one of them recruited the other one. Yeah, I think Ilana recruited Sierra. Right, so... I really liked Sierra. I thought Sierra was great, actually. The scenes with... Because we start with her in New Orleans, and she's just had sex with this woman, Danny. Yeah. And she's like, she gets a phone call that's basically like, you're going to Montana now to, like meet with the this person in the FBI and she's like I gotta go I have a florist emergency because she said that she's a florist and she's like I have to go to Montana for a florist emergency right and then the the bit where we're following her because she has to meet up with the Canadian um uh asset to get the drive and then she has to stage her own death and stuff and like you think she's actually dead, and you've spent time with her. Oh, I never did. Oh, I, did. I never thought she was because dead. because she wasn't on the back of the book. So it's like, oh, they might she might actually kill her off. Oh no, I was pretty sure because as soon as because it was Sierra, Sierra, Sierra who walked up to the body, and she was like, oh, that's not her. Like right no, away, she said it. That was Alana. But for the oh, no, Alana walked up and said that's not right. But for the like. I never thought she was her. Oh, for and that, like, I, five I, paragraphs. I, I didn't did. feel like the book had led me in that direction oh. either. Like I honestly was like, no, nah, she's fine. In any case, but and, then she did the like the fog on the mirror to like so they could track her down. Right. Sarah was a great spy. Yes, yeah, she was. But then she stopped being a spy to hack. Right. So yeah. So these two uh, super spies, um, who are both contractors, have to get together to find this third super spy who's Sierra and they all have to get together and, you know, and eventually they have to 
they have to infiltrate the strip club again because that's where the Russians are working out of. And that's the point where I started hating this book again. And that's the point where this book changed because honestly, up until then, it was like really interesting. Here's these three entirely different women who are Mm -hmm. all spies and they're all not on the list. Mm -hmm. So all of them are just sort of free agents Mm -hmm. who have to find out who the bad guys are, who the good guys are, who have to get these various electronic equipment pieces somewhere, who are being tracked, who are not being tracked, who all have different allegiances and all know each other Mm -hmm. through this one strip club that they all ended up in on accident accident and neither of them know each other all that well i thought this is amazing and kind of interesting then the moment we have to get to the strip club boring now (laughs) like now we're all in the same place and we're all working for like and then they became neb like so kenna has a a microchip like implanted Mm -hmm. in her so they can track her and that becomes a problem in the book because the author is like "Ooh, oh no i messed up yeah (laughs) can i talk about annalise real fast uh Yes, go ahead. So, Annalise is the one who implanted... The, no, who put the software onto the microchip that yes. she had implanted in her arm. So, Annalise is another hacker, I guess. She, a, a super rich hacker. Super rich hacker, hacker. She owns a boat called the Queen of Hearts. Uh-huh. And she's Dutch, uh-huh. I think. And she's just like all kind of... All kinds of rich and curvy, and she just comes in, she breezes in and out, and it's just like, I'm amazing, I know it. I really liked her. I, I, I also, I liked her too. Well, and I, I think that was something I did like about, like, all these spies are sexy, they're all sexy, mm-hmm. like, older women, mm-hmm, who mm-hmm. are just like James Bond. They are, it's like, four James Bond, well, five, five James Bond lesbians, including the cop, who you're supposed to hate and then you like later. We're supposed to hate for no reason. Oh my god, lesbians, lesbians everywhere. Yeah, it was great. It's raining lesbians. <laughs> uh, so it yeah, it was great. Yeah, no, I thought it was it was really delightful. Whenever a straight person showed up, I'm like, what are you doing here? Oh yeah, with like her brother who was like, yeah, he's like, oh yeah, my girlfriend. I'm just like, and like, ugh, this is awkward. Get out. <laughs> You're you have not to f- force a straight agenda on oh. us in the middle of this book. You're not invited to this party. <laughs> um, even um. Uh, Diamond, yeah, the, one of the strippers. She's like, "You're you're a hot lady. You're a hot lady." La, 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 la. Yeah, so yeah, like, yeah. Almost every woman in this book was a lesbian. It's like, yay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think the only non-lesbians were off-screen, and the mom. Well, I mean, do we know? We don't. No, no cause I thought it was insinuated that she and the uncle would. Mm, no, they weren't yeah. together. No, he was her boss. No, but I thought there was one point where they were fucking. No, they lived entirely different houses. Yeah, but they were on the boat together. I, Whenever, almost every time we saw them, they were in the same place, though. Right, but no, but Uncle also, wasn't, like... They're not actually related. We don't know how he's related. She just calls him Uncle. Everybody not, calls him Uncle. They're not brother yeah. and sister. The mom and the uncle are not related. Right. No, they're not related. I I guess they could have been fucking, but I don't think they were. I thought they were. I anyway. don't know. Anyway. Uh... Good news, everybody. It's fine. In the end, the the, the chips and everything, is, there's some adventure stuff, which is kind of fun. We lose track of people because sometimes we're tracking people, sometimes we can't. There's canyons involved. There's blood later. There's shootouts. It's fine. Everybody figures it out. <laughs> Who's on whose side when? Who knows? It's fine. It's It was super fun in those times. Uh, the things I was upset about. One, the narrative... Uh, like sometimes the way this writer would write they wanted to be super florid in their Mm -hmm. writing and it just ended up being exceedingly clunky and strange Mm -hmm. and I wasn't quite sure what the writer was going for I have an example and I'll pull that up um 
but also I was upset because uh, because the writer seemed to okay uh, because the writer seemed to lose track of their own characters. So Kenna who's very sensual and has sex with lots of ladies, she would refer to in her head... I don't think she does. No, here's the thing. She doesn't in the book, and she keeps referring to how she's on a dry spell. But (laughs) Uh uh, she also refers to up to three exes that all broke her heart or she had to leave at some point. And, like, every one is more important than the last one. Yeah. And it was so frustrating. It was like, pick one. Is it the French girl? Did you really like her? She's like, I I thought about staying with her forever, but then I couldn't. But the one that really broke my heart was this one. And that's how I went into the strip club and I fell in love with Alice. And that's how I wrote the Steel Eyes song. And then they have the Steel Eyes song. It was, like, all about a pole dancer. I was like, oh, that's obvious as fuck. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And, like, they even have to dance to it in the strip club and I was like ugh yeah Kenna I am with you Kenna's like I don't want to dance to this song and I'm like Kenna girl yeah yeah, it's about pole dancing every it's about pole Alice. Da- and it's about Alice and Alice is the one putting it on yeah, yeah, yeah. but like every pole dancer ever must dance to that song because yeah. it's a sexy song that's actually about pole dancing and I was like no no they'd be cliche now right also well she'd been out of the game for a while she had but also Steel Eyes had died and you know like if if a singer was shot and they were as big as Steel Eyes is supposed to be oh that song would be everywhere forever yeah uh like it would never go away (laughs) and it would be every pole dancers every time and people would be like oh this one again this one again ugh it was super frustrating. It was probably played at a bunch of proms, too. <laughs> and like people would be like, did you know that song is actually about pole dancing? And so it's like, oh, yeah. Oh, That's why she says pole five times in it. <laughs> um, uh, but anyway, so uh, when they finally get to... when So Kenna, like, actually, she has sex with that woman in the, te- the tango bit. Mm-hmm. They have sex with each other. Yeah. And it's super sexy and fun. But so then she's in America and they're in LA and they're like, okay, now you have to get on this pole. And she's like, oh, I'm so nervous about that. I'm like, bullshit. Bull fucking shit. This woman who was on stage playing the guitar in a super sexy song about pole dancing, this woman who uh, just walks into a square and just like sees a woman and starts fucking tangoing with her, Mm -hmm. this woman who spends her whole life being sensual and in fact living on an island and Mm -hmm. wearing pretty much nothing but a fucking bikini would not be freaked out about this. (laughs) I was so upset. I was like, this makes no sense. And the whole time she's like, oh, Oh, Alice, you and I, we should probably have this barrier between us. Like, I was like, no. If anything, this character has proven time and time again, she's just going to fucking talk about her feelings. Because she does all the time. Can I? Up until the moment she meets with Alice, and she's just like, and professionalism. I'm going to pretend like I never fucking had sex ever, and I've been like super weird about things, and now I'm super weird about this. And there are good character reasons to be weird about this woman you feel saved your life who was a stripper. Oh, I get it. I get it. I get it. But honestly, it didn't feel right for this character. Yeah. And it was real upsetting, and I didn't like it. That's fair. 
<laughs> Goodness. Um, so you were talking about the pros earlier. Yeah. And some some of it I really liked. Um, and I feel it was... So when we were in Kenna's head... I've got one. Okay. I've got... Um, you're a leopard torn apart by the evil in yourself made jungle. You're a leopard torn apart by the evil of your self-made jungle. You're a leopard torn <laughs> apart by the evil in your self-made jungle. No. All right. Shut up. Um, I was so angry when I read that line. I was so angry. <laughs> You're a leopard torn apart by your self-made jungle. Fuck you. Fuck you. <laughs> Fuck you. Um, I have... Let me find... Um, uh, hold on. Oh, here's, here's one that I really liked. The heir apparent to the void of love, sex, and fame was the chilling shadow of peril. Peril and cover meetings with foreign assets on nights like this one. I really liked that. There were there was some other pros that I actually really liked. But then when it got to the dialogue, some of the dialogue was like the the dialogue had none of the artistry or like attempts at artistry or like looking at artists. So here's an example of some dialogue. So compared to the heir apparent to the void is peril. And I'm like, okay. Which I still think is a little whatever. And then and jungle. then we have Kenna, this is Kenna and Alana talking. Kenna says, I know we agreed to wait until this op was over before we sorted out our past, but you just asked me a question and I dodged the answer. How? You asked me what it was about Alice that kept me coming back. And? Out of all those steamy nights, something happened once that stopped me in my tracks. What was it? Ilana asked. No, I can't go there until this op is over. You brought it up! Yeah. Why did you bring it up? Yeah, what I, are you talking about? Same. I read that part over and over. I was like, what? 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 Why are we even saying anything? Okay, so this this was one line that stuck out to me. We will, Pavedjeko nodded. Chase and I are staying here and working with Avedon until we have more answers about Zhang and Rosalie. Secretary Zwarnik called us to let us know that you'll be handling uh, the search for Sierra, so keep us apprised of anything significant. Uh, and uh, we need to get our hands on that drive. How many names were said in that? How many names? Uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. That is an impossible amount of things to keep track of, <laughs> especially when most of those people I've only met once, and I'm not like there was no reason for that bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There was no reason. All he, that person had to say was, "Do we all know our orders?" Because we'd spent the whole page and a half talking about it. Yeah. And every person was broken down into who they were so we could understand what was happening. But now that they're all mushed together, I don't know what the fuck is going on anymore. <laughs> Who's what? Who's Avedon again? Wait, why? And That's this, the one from San Francisco. I know now. <laughs> I've read the whole book. The other ones. But at this yeah, point, were, I've only met Avedon twice. Right. And there were a couple tech people that just like... Oh, and Joe said this and this, and he pops up every, like, 40 pages, and you're like, which one is he again? I, know. I don't know. Also, um, this was one where part of it took place in San Francisco, and specifically at a place called uh, the Crack Shack. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, and so, like, this was a place... <laughs> Christina's making a face. 
This was a place where one of our victims had gone with her husband and had uh, been, you know, had been talking to the Russian mafia about mm-hmm. stuff. Her father. Her father. Um, and so one of our investigators is also going there. And it turns out she knows the owner and the owner has uh, an amazing memory. Yeah. Like, like, and it was so funny because they're asking, like, do you know this person? Because, well, there's a lot of people who come in here. But here's her receipt. I remember everything you may need to know about this. <laughs> <laughs> That's all we are to people in restaurants. We're just orders. Right. Do you need dates? I've got it all. Food. Like, all of these things. Like, it's like, oh, right. Everything that's ever need you may need to know. I know it all right now. But then there's also a big party that was like, why would they go to that restaurant? Because it's the best ever. But honestly, I, I was like, I don't know where this restaurant is supposed to be. And they work uh, down south in Silicon Valley. Yeah. And so they would drive the two and a half hours up to San Francisco for this restaurant? They, no. They might live in the city. I I don't or know. Did. They're both dead now. Yeah. It doesn't matter. They just smushed all of San Francisco Bay Area into one tiny compact spot where you would easily and happily go to this one restaurant that was under the Bay Bridge. Yeah. The Crack Shack. The Crack Shack. I don't know. Yeah. It never explained what. It was sort of like, oh, if I know one person who knows everyone in the city, it's this drunk guy at the Crack Shack. Yeah. Who goes fishing every day. And what? why would he? And he knew everything. It was like. I hate it. I hate it when that happens. Mm. Like, ugh. Anyway. But there was a lot to like in this book. Yeah. I feel like I was really down on it. Um, I think it it needed another couple drafts and some, like... Because I will say... Input from... Oh, something else that bothered me. So not a lot of our books bring up 9-11. <laughs> I feel like that's not true. I feel like every book we've read that was written between, like... 2012 and 2015 mention 9-11. Possibly. We've had several. But none have taken credit for having their heroes save people yep, in 9-11. Yep, yep. <laughs> Twice they say in this book boy 9-11 could have been a lot worse were it not for us. And I'm like, oh no. And like at one point they're like, can you believe 9-11 was only two years ago? And all the good we did that day. I'm like, what? 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 Nope. Shut up. Nope. <laughs> wrong, wrong, wrong. Wrong. Stop, uh, stop, book. Book, stop. Book, geez, stop. Geez, geez, geez. I did feel like, too, like, this writer had decided, I'm going to get sexy spies pole dancing. I'm going right? to write a book where that happens. And I want to go back to them and go, you've written a lot of really cool shit in this book. How about that part not happen anymore? Because so much other cool stuff is going on. You are trapping mm-hmm. yourself in this idea. And there's, I mean, like, a lot of the tech stuff this writer seemed to get, like, if not right on, enough that I believed it. Though there was one point where it's like, oh, yeah, they took the chip onto their onboard computers. I was like, you mean their laptops? It was, it was only two years after 9-11 news. I mean, that was basically the Stone Age. Right. Well, there's a whole lot of RFID chi- Netflix chip. wasn't even streaming back then, so, like, who knows anymore? Blah. Facebook wasn't a thing yet. Yeah? It was just barely a thing. It was it still was in barely, universities. It, was, it I think back then it was only Ivy League schools. Yeah. Yep. Anyway. Anyway. They saved so many people. The first, like, third was great. No, it was. Like, there was a lot of really good stuff in it. Also, everyone partners up at the end, which is, like, kind of fun. Oh, I think, actually, though, Sierra and Danny break up. 
No, but Sierra ends up with Annalise. Oh, I think there's the idea that they might, but yeah. they don't yet. Maybe that's like in a second book that we're the, supposed to the, think happens. Um, the cop from San Francisco ends up with Diamond. Though how they're going to make that work, I have absolutely no idea. I don't know. They... Poor Diamond. Poor she Diamond. She loses her job. She does. <laughs> anyway, it turns out there's a mole. all the Russians are fucking killed. Yeah, they're all dead. There's a mole in the FBI. That's how it ends up. Yeah, that's how it was. Like there was a mole in the FBI. I didn't, and I, and it was hard to tell. Like, which thumb drive are we tracking? Where there were a lot of thumb drives, and, there was, and which hack we were meant to care about. And I also wasn't quite sure, like how some things work. Like, so she's got this chip implanted in her, and at mm-hmm. one point the the Russians know about it, so they're able to make her sick through it. Uh, like, how does that happen? I don't know. I don't understand what's going on now. And then they put tinfoil on her arm to yeah, block yeah, the tinfoil. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was like, is that, is that how that works? I mean, if it's an RFID chip, maybe. Maybe. I genuinely don't know. I don't know. Like, a lot of this book was written in a way where I was, like, able to just go with it, which yeah, is hard yeah, enough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then some of this book was like, but I mean, but, really? Mm. But again, at the at, at the midpoint, at the midpoint of this book is when it all started to kind of go off the rails. Yeah. And I just feel like if this writer weren't trapped by the idea that we have to get these two James Bond spies pole dancing. Or or if the pole dancing had been a scene on the way to something else. Yeah. Like they needed to get to the strip club to pick up the thing to go to the other place. Right. I mean, I'm, I'm real good at narrative, guys. Real to pick good. up the thing to go to the other place. I also have to point out because, um, so Ilana's codename is Alice. And when she and Sierra met, they called Kenna Wonder Woman. Uh-huh. Like, that was their nickname. Be like, oh, there's this woman who keeps coming in and, like, I kind of have a thing for her. And I, like, I'm trying to have sex with her. And she keeps saying no. I don't know. So when Ilana and Kenna start stripping together, it's like a team. Like, they dance on the pole at the same time kind of thing. They're, the name of their act is Alice in Wonder Woman Land. Yep. Somebody mentioned that. I'm like, that's a dumb joke. I'm glad that person said that. But no, that's the idea that they go with. I was like, oh, why? It's such a long title for a strip tease. I know. Most strippers are also contractors. They don't actually work directly with the strip club. Like, they contract through it. Well, but these are Russians, so who knows? It's supposed to be high-end, too. Anyway, that was this book. (laughs) We're all done with this book now. Okay. You want to fuck Mary Kill? Yeah. Yeah. Play fuck Mary Kill. Do you want to go first? Or should I go first? You go first. Okay. Um. So I had some prepared, but we didn't really talk about those people. <laughs> I have a boring one, so I'm just gonna skip it. Okay. So Claire, mm-hmm. fuck Mary Kill. Yes. Dancing a tango in a plaza. Uh huh. Dancing on a stripper pole in L.A. Uh-huh. Or dan- waltzing at a southern ball. Mmm. Mmm. Okay. Well, let's see. And, of course, the southern ball is inspired by um, Extraordinary Union, but it doesn't need to be during slavery. <laughs> oh, good. Cause it can was... be after slavery. Okay. Because I was like, oh, I'm going to kill that one right away. Yeah. Obvi. But now it's less obvi. Um, okay. No, I am going to marry Tango in a Plaza. Sure. Because one, it was super hot. Mm-hmm. Two, 
uh, she looked super hot because she was yep. in these great pants. She and was in a suit. Yeah, she was yeah. in a suit. Oh. But it was, so she also like, uh, she did that thing which I love and I've always wanted to pull off myself, which mm-hmm. is you have like that white button up, but you leave it mostly undone. So your boobs are kind of like showing a little mm-hmm. bit. And you're like, I am totally feminine in this very masculine outfit. Right. Did she have a, a hat? Too? Yeah, I think she, she had, had like a big a old hat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. I bet she and, looked real good. And she had her hair all up in it. Mm-hmm. So like she said she was playing around with gender, which she really wasn't. Her boobs were out. Yeah. Like, whatever. Anyway, she looked super hot. And like across the way, like she's and she listens to music. She's like, Oh, I wanna die to this song. Like she just loved it so much. She's like, if this could be the last song I listen to, it's fine. And she looks across the plaza and she's like, That bitch. And that bitch is like, You. Yeah. And they're just like yeah. slowly kind of tangoed up to each other and then wrapped each other's legs around mm-hmm. each other. It was soups hot. And the writer was either listened to stories or like has been in a plaza in Central or South America because it's like, oh, they just like you you don't talk when you pick a partner. You just look at each other and if you make eye contact long enough then like you just know and you just go for it. And it's all about like furtive glances and like yeah. pointed, st- not staring, but you know, like it's all, it's all about it's eye language and oh, everybody yeah. knows it and so there's no talking there's just the music and just like that whole scene was just like oh my god I just want to live in this oh I loved it and the, it the, the so pacing good. of the scene was really well done mm-hmm. it was it was a great scene so I mean I'm gonna marry that one fair um, and I'm honestly I'm gonna fuck pole dancing okay because even that was really fun yeah and, yeah, yeah. Um, I mean I like the way they did it here where it was like about the artistry mm-hmm. of it and these were like acrobats on a pole like right. it was much less about oh here's a lady who's using a pole so that the entire room can see her body which is what poles were initially for like I'm yeah. holding onto this so that I can spin fast so that everybody can see my boobies <laughs> hey, no this everybody. one was about like we're acrobats on a fucking pole right yeah yeah and they were like there was one point where kind of like this is fucking hard work guys yeah and everyone's like yeah yeah it is yeah so uh i actually and i thought that was and i have always thought that that was really sexy Mm -hmm. so i'm on board with that okay um and i'm still gonna kill the waltzing cotillion Mm -hmm. now as a white lady i love myself a pbs show where sooner or later they're gonna slow dance and it's a waltz ish Mm -hmm. love it Love it, love it, love it. <laughs> now I'm gonna say I don't. Those things are meant for me. Yeah. It's my culture. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but I'm also gonna say uh, that dance is specifically about how you are not allowed to touch anybody ever, and those other two dances are all about touch each other right now. Well, depends on if they serve liquor in the strip club. Right. Well, I mean, no, but the pole dancing one—it's the two women on it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So. Okay, um, that's fair. Yeah. The dancer's a touchy-touchy. Right. And okay. it's just... Uh, and those two are more fun, so I have to kill the cotillion. Okay. Bum, bum, bum. Neil. Uh, I'm also going to marry the tango in the plaza. Yay. That scene was so good. It was good. Ugh. Um, I think I'm going to fuck the southern ball um, in the present when there's not slavery. <laughs> Oi. Um, I think it's, I like, I would much rather it be a, like, you know, a country estate in England ball, but I'll practice on dumb Americans and work my way up, I suppose. (laughs) And I'm going to kill pole dancing just because, like, strip clubs, 
the ideas I'm I'm perfectly fine with the idea of strip clubs, but being in them makes me really uncomfortable. I just I don't feel comfortable in them. Oh no, like, I yeah. No. I don't like any of this. So it's not like this strip club. It's just like in general, I'm just like I don't oh. like being in a strip club. Okay. Um, but I know people who do pole like they take those pole dancing classes yeah. and they have a lot of fun and those seem great. Like I'd I'd want to try that, but. Pole dancing in a strip club specifically. I'm just like, it's not... It, it makes me feel kind of... So. I, I can see that. Okay, yeah. cool. Yeah. All right. My turn. Uh, fuck, Mary kill. Mm-hmm. Uh, steal eyes and all the names. So uh-huh. Kenna and, you know, as a spy. Kenna, Kenna the spy. steal eyes, Pascal, and Wonder Woman. Right. So Kenna. Mm-hmm. Um, L. Mm-hmm. Or... Mary. So Mary, of course, she's not actually a spy, but she soups has secrets mm-hmm. and does spy type things. She she and her husband steal a warship and free slaves. Yes. Yep. So Great. Yeah. Uh okay. Um I'm gonna kill Kenna. Uh-huh. She was fine. Like she was <laughs> there were certain parts like that first half of the book. I was just like, I'm I'm all in. I'm great. And then she's just like I was in love with this girl and then this one and then they all broke my heart and now I don't wanna like kiss people and like I don't have any interesting thing to say. <laughs> A single interesting thing I said like everything I have said for the last half of the book has not been interesting. No. So that's sad. Um I think I would... Oh, this is hard. I think I would... Fuck L. Um... Because she's... She knows what she wants and she goes for it. Uh-huh. Good for her. Um... And I think we would, like... Quote, like our pillow talk after would be like quoting literature at each other which would be a lot of fun um, and then I think I'd marry Mary she she was great like she was just so nurturing to Elle I'm just like but also kind of like life is fucking shitty I'm gonna tell you about it now she was great I loved her she she didn't pop up very much, but she's also like, we're stealing a boat now! <laughs> it was great. Agreed. I actually, I loved her. Uh, I agree. All those same things. I'm on great. board. That's great. the same. Great. Uh, and of all the characters? Um, okay, I am going to marry McCall. I'm sorry. He's a Scottish guy, Scottish accent, spy, charms pants off of you, super sexy, mm-hmm. built, blue gray tall, eyes. blue gray eyes. I'm on board. Fair. And I want to get on board. uh so yeah so i think um and i think i want to kill the lady cop uh from san francisco casey avedon casey avedon um i honestly didn't like her character carly 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 i didn't like her character i felt like it was really back and forth i never knew what the fuck she was gonna say what was gonna come out of her mouth she seemed really like at first like just just bitchy and weird and stupid yeah. But then I was supposed to like her again, yeah, and then I was supposed to not like her. I wasn't ever sure what I was supposed to feel about her. She was recruited by the mole in the FBI, and he basically was like, oh, I need you to, like, bug the safe house and report into me. And she's like, 
okay. And then they're like, he's the mole. And she's like, he was sabotaging us the whole... He had me, like, put in this the transmission scrambler. He said it was a booster. I had no idea. Like... Look at yourself. Look at your life. Right. Well, and she's like, you know, I hate that woman because she was supposed to come on trial and, like, she was supposed to say who her secret uh, informer was and she didn't and got this murderer back on the streets. And then we talked to the woman and she's like, oh, her case was super terrible. It, like, was, it was a thin case in it. Yeah. Yeah. Like, and I wasn't going to, like, put my secret informant on the line for her super thin case. Yeah. And she says it in this calm way, like, yeah, that sucks. But I wasn't going to do it. Yeah, but then at the end, she's like, oh, I just want to help everyone. I know, and Carly was just dumb. And I, I just liked her. Um, anyway, so Mary McCall, mm-hmm. um, kill Carly, and I think I'm going to fuck Annalise. She's got a big boat, and I she's want a lady a with a big boat. boat. And she's like, always says nice things, and she's mm-hmm. a white hat hacker, and mm-hmm. she's got lots of money. I'm on board. And Great. she sounded super sexy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, I'm going to fuck Malcolm. Because, yup. And... Uh, if I need to communicate my wants and needs to him, he will listen to me, and he will move forward with that information in good faith. Yes. So good for him. Um, though, oh, I bet I'd make him shower first. <laughs> He'd want to. It's fine. Yeah, it's fine. I'm gonna marry Annalise Sierra together because they're that the the hacker duo. They're both sexy. I'll just, like, we'll get on the boat. I'll just jump in between. We'll all have a good time. <laughs> It'll be great. I really enjoyed both of them. Like, I, I wish this book were about Sierra. Almost entirely about oh, Sierra. Oh, she was way more fun. She was way more fun. And Annalise was, you know, sexy. And she wore a red dress to the to the embassy party, right? Yeah. Just like a, a low-cut, high slit in the leg right oh god so good anyway um and then i'm gonna kill Susie. oh yeah Susie was the worst she was the worst genuinely a really good villain she was she really was and we see the scene like where her mom is really terrible to her and we're like oh that's probably why she and then she does something completely awful and it's like okay yes she is a product of her environment but she's also a lot worse than that so Yeah. yeah great and of the books? Oh, um, I'm I'm gonna fuck skin in the game. Okay. Just those first few scenes where they were like jumping all over the globe and there were the gadgets. It it was more of a secret agent book, and I was looking more for like spy stuff, but like I still enjoyed the ride. I really enjoyed um Sierra and Annalise. I kind of enjoyed the mom and the uncle. Like they were pretty fun. And the gadgets and I, I enjoyed it. it. It needs some tightening up, but I enjoyed it. I was mostly invested, I guess. Um, and I'm going to marry an extraordinary union. <gasps> Neil has married a book! So that makes three. Three in total that I'm going to marry. Except for that, that bit where he gets saved by the boat. Right. I just It, it bothered me a lot. Um, but it's such a... It's, it's a very well-written book. The spy stuff is great. It's actual spy stuff with codes and ciphers and secret contacts. And, like, when they meet on the hill the first time and she's like, 
I'm not talking to you until you give me the code word or the code phrase. And he has to like, oh, I was just told this and then I have to figure out what it is from that. And like there's actual spy stuff and they have the, um, the grocer is their contact who like gets stuff to Washington for them. And then on top of that, like there's character development. The, the man and the woman help each other as spies. She teaches him about his privilege and he like takes in that lesson. They communicate their feelings to each other. Like, that's so good. Yeah. She she helps him get woke and it turns him on. It's so good. It's such a good book. To, like, reading it, I'm like, why can't all romance novels be like this? Why can't all of them be like this? You know, it was so lovely. Uh, I'm looking forward to reading more by mm-hmm. this author. Mm-hmm. Um, also, if you go on to BuzzFeed, uh, this author wrote a list of upcoming romance novels she recommends. Yeah. And so go to BuzzFeed, go get that list. Yeah, and uh, it's very inclusive. Yeah. That list, if I remember correctly. No, and she's super smart. Follow her on Twitter. She's great. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, I would have to say I will... I definitely want to marry... Um, same. Mm-hmm. I'm going to marry this book. Again, I loved it. It was so fast to read. I was just like, sucked it in. Mm-hmm. It was great. All the um, characters felt developed. Yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm going to kill Skin in the Game. That's fair. It was not my favorite read. Uh, I was not happy with it. I didn't enjoy it. Some of the spy stuff is convoluted too. Like at the it's, end, it's like, I don't know. Who, I, don't, I don't know what the problem. It's like there were two different hacks and like it just got to be too much. Like, it was kind of hard to follow. Yeah, I'm not on board. Anyway, so... Great. So, Claire. Yes. What are we reading next time? Oh, my God. Okay. Uh-huh. So, okay. Neil. Neil, yes. we are yes. reading... Yes. Under His Protection by Karen Erickson. Okay. And Valor on the Move by Kira Andrews. Okay. Uh, do you think you, uh, do you, either of you think you can guess what these two books are? It's time for our favorite game. Christine, guess! Christine, guess! I'm gonna say, I might have said this before, Knights Templar? <laughs> Ooh! That's... I read those books! I would totally read the, those books. Uh, no, these are both... Wait, let me guess. Oh, go ahead. Uh, is it Bodyguards? Uh, close. Uh-huh. Secret Service. Ah! Oh my this God. is White House Secret Service protecting people within. One of them is the president's son, uh-huh. and the other one is the vice president's daughter. Oh, my God. In love with Secret Service agents under their protection. Great. Great. Well, they're already in the nice suits, so. I mean, those are hot suits. Yeah, they a lot of them look very good. They look very good. Okay. Okay, great. I am excited. Same. Great. Well, Claire. Yes. Thank you. No, thank you, Neil. You're welcome. Thank you. And Christine, thank you. Thank you, Christine. Thank you, authors. Thank you, authors. Thank you so much. Thank you, listeners. Yes, thank you, listeners. Please tell your friends. We've been at it a whole year now. Um, so please tell your friends, rate, review, subscribe, all that malarkey. Get on the Twitter and talk at us. Yeah. Help us spread the good word. All right. And we'll see you next time. Next time. No, I won't see you at all. This is a, not a visual thing. I won't even hear you next time. You'll hear us next time. You'll hear us. Okay. Goodbye. (laughs) Goodbye.